right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Laura Canfield Show, the Awaken the Happiness Now Global Series. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And my good friend Patrick Prohaska is back with us. And we are having a totally different conversation. We're talking about what is good sex, sexual healing. And on the show today, we're going to talk about and learn, discover the number one reason spirituality-minded people block their sexual expression. We're going to understand the destructive forces of shame, guilt, and self-disgust and what you can do about them. We're going to talk about embracing your sensual charisma, your energetic stance as an embodied sexual being. We're going to explore humanistic spiritual principles and how they apply to empowered sexuality. We're going to learn how to recognize and heal the trauma of sexual abuse and shattered relationships. All that and so much more, of course, we're going to be taking your live caller questions. And um, if you're on the Zoom live, so you can raise your hand or you can type your question in the chat. And for those of you who don't know Patrick, he is, has been on our show many times. He is a teacher, a healer, an author. He has helped thousands of clients and students shine with personal power, joy, and authenticity. He specializes in personal empowerment, consciousness expansion, trauma recovery, and sexual healing. Patrick is the creator of Lightbridge, a revolutionary system for healing and personal transformation that blends law of attraction, life coaching principles with belief sculpting and energetic activations. And he has been, like I said, on our show many times. He's written several books. He studied many different modalities, um, healing, energy healing, Ayurveda, Reiki, Theta healing, aromatherapy, and so much more. And he is in Southern California. So we were just talking about that, going mm -hmm. to Palm Springs and how beautiful it is there and always so sunny. So I'm going to bring that sunny, warm weather to me right now because I'm feeling a little bit chilly. So um, <laughs> as we do that, please join me in welcoming Patrick to the show. Patrick, welcome back. Glad you're here. Thank you. It's a real joy to be here with you. I miss you. <laughs> it's been a while, it feels like, right? So, About a um, year and a half, maybe two years, maybe before COVID. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, been, it's, been a, it's been ages. So tell us, what has been going on? What have you been doing? Um, what, you know, what's new? Let's start there. Well, thank you so much. I've actually taken the opportunity in the last year and a half to dive into writing. And I've been writing, writing, writing. Uh, I wrote a book a few years ago about personal empowerment. It's called Brain Cells, Dream, uh, Brain Cells Escape Your Mental Prisons. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that it was kind of obsolete after the world changed. We are in a completely different world now than we were two years ago. And it was time for an update for that. I've been writing a book about lucid dreaming called Dream Yourself Awake. And I just released it a couple of days ago on Amazon. And now I'm working on a third book called Good Sex. So awesome. So thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's <laughs> mainly what I've been doing. I've been looking at at um, focusing on writing full-time, doing uh, a new blog, I'm doing a new podcast, and I'm just excited about the doors that are opening now for me and for everyone else, too. There are a lot of doors opening right now on a cosmic awesome. level. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing. It's, it's time for all of us to really start to embody who we are and express ourselves. And we sometimes don't truly express ourselves because we have a lot of sexual abuse or trauma, which is holding us back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So for years, I've been focused on helping people bridge the gap between 
sexual expression and spiritual growth. So you know how a lot of people believe that if you have a rich and vibrant sex life, it's a blockage to spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. I've been working with people to be able to embrace both. And several years ago, I, I used to be a college professor. You may not have known that, but <laughs> I taught at a small liberal arts college and I wanted to teach a course on religious perspectives on good sex. And of course, the college didn't like the title. They made me change it to religious perspectives on human sexuality. Mm -hmm. But the goal of that course was to look at what different people believe about human sexuality through the lens of religion or spirituality and try to figure out why people believe what they believe, um, help the students figure out if any of those beliefs resonate with them and so forth. And one of the key points that I often made was a lot of times people talk about good sex and the word good has two different definitions that might be in opposition to each other. Good can mean fun and hot and passionate and powerful and pleasurable. Good sex can also be sex that is in alignment with religious and spiritual principles. And quite often it's taught that those two types of good sex are mutually exclusive. And I try to help people recognize that you can blend the two together. You can marry the two and really supercharge your spiritual growth by tapping into energies that you might otherwise be repressing or denying. And I found uh, uh, it's basically my central teaching right now. My, my entire business is founded on this goal of helping people expand their consciousness and go deeper with their spiritual growth by relieving, releasing, and healing all of the sexual traumas, the trauma of broken romance, the trauma of being abused, sexual abuse, rape, and so forth. And I'm finding like I'm getting a lot of traction with that. There's a lot of work to be done there. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, to be totally transparent, you know, just the other day I I was having a a session with somebody and he asked me, oh, have you had have you had sexual abuse in the past? I'm like, yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's not something I talk about, but yes you know so it's like and it, it, it explains so much about my life and who i am and and how i'm really not showing up as i could because i'm still repressing a lot of who i am due to shame guilt just you know bad energies and bad experiences right and so part of that you know it's like there shouldn't be any shame or guilt because i did nothing wrong right so i know that but my body it feels stuff right and it's like and because of that i'm not fully able to be all all of who i am but the thing is a lot of people don't talk about sexual abuse they don't talk about sexual trauma right and they don't talk about how they're actually feeling and they don't recognize that it could actually be stopping them from really living to their fullest potential right Yes, absolutely. It's a very, very important and powerful dimension of human life. And of course, life would not continue without it. So, uh, so it's, it's a central feature of who we are. And a lot of times people deny their inherent sexual nature, they repress their sexuality, they live in shame and guilt, 
and self-disgust even about their, their sexual nature. And what you end up doing is disconnecting from who you really are at your core. Mm -hmm. um, my personal belief is that all of us are learning how to expand our consciousness to get into a higher dimensional perspective, to tap into the higher dimensional energies that have always existed, but we've overlooked because as children, we were never taught how to engage with them. But at the same time, we were born into physical bodies in a three-dimensional reality for a reason. We came here for a reason, and whatever that reason is, we chose it. Mm -hmm. So we chose to be here embodied in physical form in a limited three-dimensional reality in which we are subject to the laws of linear space and linear time and so forth. It's very limiting. Every one of you knows that higher dimensional, the higher dimensional experience is liberating in many, many ways, but we came here for a reason. We have something to do here. And we didn't come here, we didn't incarnate in human form to have a non-human experience. So repressing sexuality is, in my mind, it's a form of spiritual bypass. It's the belief that there are certain things that are inherently inferior and you should purge them from your life in order to be spiritual. And I'm, I simply don't think that that is a direct path to expanding consciousness. What happens is we deny our sexuality, we repress our sexuality, and repressed energy doesn't just vanish. It doesn't go anywhere. You shove it down. You shove it down into your system, and it becomes pressurized. And any energy of denial that's being pressurized within your system will explode outward in uncontrolled and chaotic ways if you don't embrace it. You know, we, we do a lot of shadow work. I do a lot of shadow work. I know you do a lot of shadow work. Mm -hmm. And the goal isn't to kill the shadow. The goal is to integrate the shadow and make friends with it. So everything that you repress explodes outward in chaotic and uncontrolled ways. And if you are repressing your sexuality because of childhood abuse or because of certain dogmatic religious beliefs you picked up that told you that the human body is inherently filthy, dirty, and sinful, what's going to happen is you're going to, that's going to become part of your shadow. You'll go into projection and you will that part of you that you can't stand that's within you, you'll identify it in other people and try to shut it down in them. So we slip in, sometimes we slip into this pattern of telling other people how to live their lives, trying to control other people, trying to punish other people to live their lives based on our agenda. But when your agenda is already skewed because of something that happened to you in childhood or something that you were taught, it just really creates more chaos and pain and misery rather than liberating people. So it's a lot of work here to be done. And Absolutely. I find Absolutely. it very fulfilling. But the thing is, um, you know, most people who are on, on these types of calls, they're not, they don't have in their uppermost consciousness and their awareness, they don't have that thought, that feeling, that belief that sex is bad. They don't yeah. think that, but, yeah. but to be honest, 
it's in it's in our subconscious and in in childhood we heard that and when we went to church or temple or whatever we heard that or in our in in, in reading the scriptures etc you know it was there so even though consciously we don't believe that mm-hmm. subconsciously those beliefs are there and so we're kind of fighting against each other right yeah absolutely and that internal conflict doesn't help you grow spiritually it's it's a distraction from spiritual growth when you have that internal conflict, mm-hmm. because we have normal, natural human drives. Um, and healthy, we'll say yeah, healthy, healthy. healthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, healthy human yeah. drives. And if that drive is repressed, then you're really not allowing yourself to live a fully human experience. And I think it's only by embracing a fully human experience that you grow into higher dimensional awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was looking at different religious traditions and different spiritual traditions, there were three dominant attitudes about human sexuality, and all three of them were inherently limiting. Uh, the first is that sex is inherently bad and you have to repress it, that it's sinful and you just have to shut it down. And there have been a lot of really beautiful religious traditions over the years who have a very strong emphasis on celibacy and abstinence. Mm -hmm. And you take a vow of celibacy so you can focus all your energy on your spiritual growth or on the God or spirit that you're worshiping and so forth. So that's one attitude that sex is inherently bad. It's a distraction. You need to shut it down. The second is that sex is a necessary evil. And in that belief system, you're allowed to engage in sexual activities, but it has to be rectified. It has to be justified in some way. You have to do something or you have to engage in it in such a way that makes the inherently sinful sexual act something that is uh, acceptable Mm -hmm. in the eyes of God or the community and so forth. And in the tradition that I grew up in, the one and only thing that rectifies or justifies sex is procreation. Therefore, procreative sex is allowed, but only within the context of a marriage. And any other form of sex is inherently sinful or bad. Mm -hmm. And then the third type of attitude that a lot of traditions have is that sex needs to be transcended. It needs to be transmuted into something else. So in in certain tantric traditions and so forth, you stir up the sexual energy because it is a powerful form of energy, but then you don't waste it on sex. You channel it into something else you channel it into art or you channel it into um, charity or Habitat for Humanity or or something else. So you stir up the energy because it is accepted as a powerful energy, but then you don't use it to interact with other people in a sexual way. So all three of those, I think, are inherently limiting because they all have as one of their premises, their fundamental assumptions that human sexuality is inherently blocking us from spiritual growth. Now, we all know we're going into the age of Aquarius. We all know that the previous age, the age of Pisces, was a time of being entrenched in three-dimensional reality and externalization. So if you wanted to create something in your life, you had to 
turn outward and manipulate your environment and move things around and force other people to bend to your will and so forth. That's the, the hallmark the hallmark of the age of Pisces, the age of Aquarius is higher dimensional in nature. And it is slowly unfolding for us now. We don't want it to, we don't want to just burst the doors open because that would create a lot of chaos for a lot of people who aren't ready for it yet. So we're moving into an age where the old rules of human sexuality are breaking down. They just don't, they're, they're not appropriate for the age of higher dimensional awareness. And, you know, a lot of the chaos that we see in the world right now is because there are lots and lots of people who are deeply, deeply invested in the old ways of doing things. And they can see that this change is happening. They can see that the world is moving into the age of Aquarius, the age of higher dimensionality, and they feel threatened by it because the old tools and techniques aren't going to work anymore. So there's a lot of dogmatism that's really seeping into things and a lot of really um, opinionated voices out there telling you that you need to shut it down. You need to shut down your sexuality and the, even the things that you do for spiritual growth are inherently satanic or bad or dangerous and so forth. Uh, so we need to just kind of take a deep breath, <laughs> move yeah. through this transitional period, recognize that the people who are deeply invested in the old ways of doing things are eventually going to come around, that the new generation is ushering in the new age and allow it to unfold. But just because we're allowing it to unfold doesn't mean that in the here and now, we don't shut down our own desires and activities. You can have a very, very rich and vibrant sex life that you can uh, define for yourself, you can set your boundaries, you can embrace certain spiritual principles about how to engage in sex and so forth, and live a deeply rich, beautiful and fulfilling life. So, <laughs> so yeah. I've been babbling on for a little bit, I'll let you jump in. You know, well, one of the, you know, I, I, I'm Indian, right, as everybody knows from India, and one of the things that, you know, um, is talked about in Indian spirituality, for men, especially, is that, you know, in order for them to be a enlightened, you know, they're not supposed to have sex, right? Mm -hmm. So that's very common. And, you know, a lot of a lot of people that I know follow that practice. And, you know, they are quite uh, much more enlightened than I am kind of thing, right. right? You can tell that energy goes up and like they're just glowing. So, but they chose that, right? It's a choice yes. that they made. Absolutely, right? absolutely. And, 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 you know, and they're happy, they're fulfilled that, you know, as, you know, as far as I know, that they're, they're doing great, right? And so it's like, it works for them, right? So that model works for them. But for the rest of us, <laughs> mm -hmm. who um who have had dysfunctional sexual relationships or d dysfunctional sexual experiences we're still being held back and limited and 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 held down by our experiences right and you know for some of us we've done a lot of healing i know i've done a lot of healing and it's like what the heck you know um i've done a lot of healing but it's still you know i'm still not there yeah. right 
And, um, and so there's no, you know, there's no judgment. Like I get it, you know, like we have all experienced different things that have brought us to this point and we're not choosing to have a dysfunctional relationship with sex at all, but it's because of the circumstances that we experienced. Yeah. It's, not, it's not an excuse, but it, it, it's a reality. You know, I am the way I am because of the experiences that, you know, I've had in the past, right? Absolutely. And the, your traumatic experiences and the traumas that are in your family history and the traumas of your parents, the traumas that you experienced in previous lifetimes, they can still be resonating loud and clear today. Mm -hmm. So if you've suffered sexual abuse or um, something happened to you as a child where your boundaries were violated and you had absolutely no power or control whatsoever to stop it. And in fact, you were told that you're not supposed to tell anybody else. If mm -hmm. you do, things are going to be really bad for you. So there's that, that extortion that happens on top of the abuse itself. Mm -hmm. So what happens with trauma is when you have a traumatic experience, it's not possible for you to process that energy in the moment. And even if you wanted to, even if you could process it in the moment, you probably don't have the tools that you would need to release the energy. It's unfortunate that we're not taught how to manage trauma as children. That, that could be a part of our curriculum, you know? <laughs> um, so what happens to that energy? It doesn't just go away. It gets pushed down. It goes down into your energy field. And the residue of the trauma that you've experienced, in a sense, imprints itself on your energetic field. And that energetic field is constantly radiating its energy. You're constantly vibrating. You are a symphony mm -hmm. of different frequencies that you are broadcasting at all times. And as you know, from the law of, in, law, the law of attraction, the energy that you broadcast, the energy you radiate is magnetic. It sends a very powerful wave out into the universe that gets reflected back to you with opportunities to experience more of the same. So if you have trauma, unresolved trauma, that's like deep down inside, and you may even have fractured it off and disconnected the memory of it, you don't even remember what it is. It's so horrible. You can't look at it. It's fragmented off, but it's still there radiating its energy. Mm -hmm. So if you're radiating the unresolved energy of a childhood sexual abuse experience, that's getting reflected back to you. And you have opportunities to relive that experience in different forms over and over again through your life. It's one reason why a lot of people end up dating or marrying the exact same abusive partner over and over and over again in different bodies. It's why sexual abuse and other types of abuse, abuse turn into family traditions because we simply haven't purged the energy of the trauma from our system. So any type of spiritual growth requires you to purge your trauma, whatever it is, including sexual trauma. And if sexual trauma is cordoned off as something that you're not allowed to look at, you're not allowed to think about sex, you're not allowed to think about your sexual history, you ignore it, you're embarrassed, you're ashamed of it, it's humiliating to talk about, 
if that's basically the only category of human experience that we shut off, it stays in there. And after a while, it becomes the dominant energy. You can purge all sorts of other traumas from your life and then just have only the sexual trauma remaining. And you can imagine the consequences of that. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm seeing it clearly. And mm -hmm. I just want to say really quickly, too, it's not just about sexual trauma in childhood. Okay. Yes. It doesn't have to happen just in childhood. It could happen at any time. And right? it can happen in previous lifetimes. And you can even be energetically picking up the traumatic experiences of your ancestors, your mom and dad in particular. Mm -hmm. You know, when that energy is shoved down and fractured off, eventually it can crystallize in physical form. Mm -hmm. And I was speaking to somebody not too long ago who had just that type of experience. It kind of crystallized into the form of cancer and it was basically cut out of her body. That's one way to get rid of it. It's not the best way to get rid of it, but that's one way to get it out of your body. And I wouldn't want any of you to ever go down that pathway. Mm -hmm. um, so it can crystallize as well in physical form by simply imprinting itself on the cellular level and then down into the DNA. So these behavioral patterns that result from having been abused and abandoned or taken advantage of and so forth, they can be inherited uh, through the genetics or they can just be family traditions. So it's really important to not ignore that type of trauma as we're healing all other forms of trauma. And, you know, the other thing is trauma can be acute or it can be chronic. It doesn't have to be a rape experience. Mm -hmm. If you grow up in an environment where you are constantly being taunted about the way you look or about the way you dress or about the interests you have, that daily bullying can be just as traumatic over time. Mm -hmm. It just builds up. It builds and builds and builds. And you're constantly pushing it down. You think you're managing it, but you're not. You're really just pushing it down. And it gets stuck in there as well. So, you know, we need better sex education in our world. We need children to be taught that uh, it's not something that you don't talk about ever. Um, you know, I, I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic schools. I was in the Catholic training, the catechism. And even when I was a child, you know, my parents were really squeamish about talking about sex. And they knew that sex ed was taught in my school. So they completely ignored the topic altogether because mm -hmm. they knew somebody else would take care of it for them. But we were taught sex ed by nuns. And it just seemed really weird to me that we would be getting our sex education from people who had taken a vow of celibacy. I thought mm -hmm. that was really problematic. <laughs> and the nuns who taught us were actually pretty squeamish about it. You know, nuns teaching boys about their bodies. Uh, the, the way yeah. I was taught sex ed, I was basically shown a statue of David. And I was told this is the male body. Shown a photo of the statue of Venus to Milo. This is the female body. And when they get really, really close together, that's how pregnancy happens. <laughs> and that just confused me for a very, very long time. I had to get out the encyclopedias yeah, and read course. about it myself and figure it out that way. That's, you know, not everyone would turn to an encyclopedia. They try to figure it out on the street. 
yeah. or they try to figure it out from their friends who also don't know what's going on. So it's, it was problematic. And the reason there was so much squeamishness about it is because sex is a shameful topic. Thinking about sex, talking about sex is humiliating. It's embarrassing. It's shameful. And when my parents refused to talk about sex, for me, that was like, okay, this is something that you're never, ever supposed to talk about in polite society. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's funny. Even the word pregnant was forbidden when I was growing up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it took years to <laughs> purge all of that. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. And, and that's the same, you know, same thing with me. It's not something we ever, ever talked about, ever talked about. And mm -hmm. so even when, you know, you know, any of my experiences, I never talked about them because it's like, you know, no one's going to understand, right? Yeah. No one's going to understand. And, um, you know, and like you talked about embarrassment, humiliation, just like all of that stuff compounded a hundred times, you know, and it's like, what do you do with that? So how, what can we do now to begin? I mean, we, I think most of us have been working on healing it, but what else can we do now to begin to heal that trauma? Because it is keeping us stuck. It's keeping us small. It's keeping us from truly, you know, living the lives that we desire. Yeah. So purging that trauma, of course, is a very, very good first step. Um, you know, there, there are certain like spiritual principles that when you apply them to sexuality, they make a, a huge amount of sense. So when I talk about when somebody asks, what is good sex? I think about good sex in terms of humanistic, new age spiritual principles. So if, if you can apply them, to your own sexuality, your own sex life, your own sexual history and so forth, that can be a liberating experience. So just one example of that is that, for example, we all know the namaste principle. Mm -hmm. So namaste, namaste, namaskar. Namaste, it, it, it literally means I recognize you. So hello to you. It has a spiritual meaning, which is the divine in me recognizes and respects the divinity in you. Mm -hmm. Now, if that's an attitude you bring to your sex life, that's a very, very powerful attitude to have. It doesn't mean that sex is bad or that you should never engage in, in, in indulging your desires and so forth. If you carry with you the attitude that whoever your sex partner with is infused with divinity, and so are you, that can create really good conditions for positive sexuality. Um, I've worked a lot in the past with plant medicines. And of course, in the plant medicine community, there's a lot of talk about set and setting. So the mindset, that's, that's what's meant by set. The energy that you carry into the encounter, your frame of mind as you're going into it uh, is crucial. And the setting is crucial as well. So if you bring that principle of set and setting into your sex life, then that can really create a, a harmonious type of experience for everyone involved. Um, good sex recognizes that everything is energy. Mm -hmm. And so the sexual encounter is an opportunity for the creative commingling of energies. So good sex is an act of creation. 
uh, of course, procreation is one type of creation, but it's not the only type of creation that there is. So you, you probably already recognize that the two creative chakras in the human body, the throat and the second chakra, the genital area, uh, those are deeply engaged in sexual encounters. So if you tap into the flow of energy and make it about the interpenetration and commingling of energies rather than just body parts rubbing together, you know, that can create really, you know, really good sexual encounter that is, is holy and uplifting and uh, recognizes the divinity and everyone else, you know, other things as well, you know, that are, that are more obvious, good sex requires informed consent, of mm -hmm. course. You know, you never do anything that tramples the personal autonomy or the boundaries of another person. Uh, so you don't ever engage or even approach somebody when you know that it's, it's not going to, that, that their boundaries are weakened in some way. There are a lot of people who, who have weak boundaries and they just don't know how to defend their boundaries. Mm -hmm. So Part of this is training people to enforce their boundaries, declare their boundaries, set their boundaries. Part of that is that the word no means no for all parties involved. Uh, for some people who are really, really pushy about sex and they try to force themselves on other people, uh, the word no doesn't mean no. The word no means try harder. But if if we can just get to a place where the word no means no, rather than no meaning maybe try harder, convince me, then a lot of oppression can be eliminated as well. Um, another principle, and then I'll, I'll, I'll pause for a little bit because there's so many different spiritual principles to draw upon. Good sex is anchored in the now. Mm -hmm. So it's in the present moment and your awareness is in the now. So if you're thinking about your ex or you're thinking about something that might happen in the future, or if you're in the trauma of the traumatic, the traumatic breakup that you had with your ex and so forth, you're not in the now. So if you can train yourself to anchor yourself in the now, then, you know, there's a lot of power in that. So, and there are lots of other principles as well we could talk about, but those mm -hmm. are some good ones to start with. Absolutely. I mean, I don't even know what questions to ask because it's like, as I'm, as I'm, as I'm listening to you, a lot of my old stuff is coming up, to be mm -hmm. honest. Okay. <laughs> and so I've been triggered this week as well um, by something. And so it's like, you know, people might feel uncomfortable sharing their vulnerabilities or what they've yeah. experienced or, or questions about well, how can I move forward with this? How can I, how can I, you know, understand this better and, and let go of this? And how can I, you know, stop letting this affect me, you know? Um, and part of that, you know, it's like, you know, like it's, it's part of, part of it is about accepting yourself and loving yourself, right? Having compassion for yourself for what you have experienced and knowing that at that time you didn't have the tools, you didn't have the resources and, you know, it, you know, it, it, we each have different situations and different circumstances and nobody can ever say, well, you should have done this or you should have done that. You can't say that you're not there. Mm, yeah. Right. So it's like, all right, we've had these wonderful experiences. And when I say wonderful, you know, I'm being sarcastic. Um, <laughs> we've had mm -hmm. these wonderful experiences and they've, they've made us who we are. 
Yeah. Right. And, and a lot of times, you know, we, let's say we're married and this is not at all, but me and my husband at all. Okay. But mm-hmm. let's say we're married and, 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 and my husband wants to have sex and I don't want to in, in the Indian tradition, Indian tradition, I can't even say no. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, it's really uncomfortable when it's like, I don't want to, and he wants to, and it's like, what the heck, you know? So those, those, those customs, those traditions, those ways of being, you know, are no longer um, sustainable moving forward. Yeah. Yes. The inability to say no, that means sexual submission, let's say submitting Mm -hmm. yourself sexually is an obligation. It's a duty. Mm -hmm. And whenever one party has a duty and the other party doesn't have the same duty, there's not balance there. There's no balance yeah. in that at all. There, there is not power with. And the goal is to generate power with somebody else so that you can support each other and grow in your life. If one person has power over the other person, then there, there can never be that balance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the type of thing that that needs to be addressed and recognized and just, and, you know, sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater. We say there's this one dimension of my religious tradition that I find offensive. Therefore, I'm going to toss the entire thing. Um, As we're moving into the new age, it's no longer the case that you get excommunicated if there's one and only one thing that you do that is out of alignment with, with whatever your background is. In fact, we are transforming right now from religious beings to spiritual beings. Mm -hmm. Religious beings are driven by a code of ethics. Mm -hmm. There's a set of rules and regulations that everyone must follow. And it's very dogmatic. And there are consequences built in for you not following the rules to the letter. Yeah. And we can see, you know, we don't need to get into it too much, but you know, there's a lot of hypocrisy there. Often the mm-hmm. rules are set up so that I enforce them on everyone else, but I get to get to break them in secret myself, you mm-hmm. know, that sort of thing. But yeah. in spirituality, spirituality is not driven by an external code of ethics. It's not driven by uh, a set of laws that we learn and we have to adhere to. It's something that emerges from within. It is a set of humanistic principles that's based on mutual respect and open communication and recognition of the divinity in everyone. And the breakdown of all of those hierarchical categories that used to be the, you know, the sum total of the age of Pisces. You know, in the age of Pisces, there's all this hierarchical thinking. So this group of people is superior to that. This is superior to that. This is good and bad, right and wrong. Um, And whenever we hierarchize things, we also categorize them. We also figure out which ones are superior to others. And in most of those systems are very patriarchally driven. Mm -hmm. So uh, as we're moving into this new age of like humanistic values that emerge from within, all of that hierarchical thinking is dropping away as well. And so we're like moving into a new age where that it's your duty, you must submit idea wouldn't, wouldn't even come up Mm -hmm. uh, in, 
you know, as after we transition, we're not going to be in that power over dynamic anymore. It will be exclusively power with. But that's the thing. It's like right now there might be some people who yeah. who say that the, the the woman is spiritual, the man is like whatever, mm-hmm. right? But they're in a relationship. Yeah. That's not going to necessarily change right away. So what can the woman do that to empower is. herself? Yeah. So, I mean, wow, that opens up a a can of worms because my personal belief is that whenever one person restricts their spiritual growth because the other person in the relationship is stuck, you know, after you've done everything in your power to help that person expand their horizons, if you know, if you're sacrificing your spiritual growth for the sake of somebody who's growing slower than you, then, you know, you might want to reconsider or think about it. But I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that, you know, divorce is always the option. It's just, Mm -hmm. I want to make it something that's available for people who recognize that the relationship isn't serving them anymore, because one person is holding themselves back for the other. Now, if that can be flipped around, and both people are mutually supporting each other's growth wherever it takes them, then I think, you know, that can be very empowering. And sometimes couples will drift apart, but it won't be uh, an animonious break. There won't be animosity there because they know they're growing spiritually and they're just drifting apart as they're growing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of the old rules that we have about divorce are religious and dogmatic in nature. And of course, I grew up Catholic, divorce is forbidden. That's that's why my mom, when she divorced my father, she suffered consequences Mm -hmm. as a result. And I don't really need to go into that, but there were consequences that kind of resonated through the entire family. We were no Mm -hmm. longer considered um, good upstanding members of of the community at that point. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's in the past. It's we're <laughs> growing out of that. Now you you mentioned vulnerability, mm-hmm. and vulnerability is painful, but at the same time, when you think about it, you really can't have intimacy without vulnerability, because intimacy is about really seeing into the truth of another person. You know, it's built into the word intimacy into me see. Mm -hmm. So intimacy, in a sense, the more vulnerability there is, the more you're able to kind of take down your shielding and allow somebody to come into your heart, the the more intimacy there can be. Now, the vulnerability comes from the fact that we've been hurt in the past. We've been rejected. We've been humiliated. We've been abandoned. The Number one human fear, and this this isn't just me speaking, this is lots of psychologists and sociologists, our number one fear as human beings is abandonment. So if you're afraid that somebody's going to reject you, you can really uh, sell yourself short. The biggest pain we have, our biggest pain as human beings is betrayal. And both of those can be very, very traumatic experiences, abandonment and betrayal. Um, Both of them can make you feel incredibly vulnerable when you're trying to open up to another person because you're afraid that 
you're going to get trampled, you're going to get rejected, somebody's going to see the real you and not like what they see and then push you away. That's very painful. So we, we build these heart walls mm-hmm. around ourselves to protect our hearts from that vulnerability. And the problem with a heart wall is you might be deflecting energy that's coming at you that might hurt your heart, but you're also preventing the energy of your heart from going outward and going to the other person. So we need to break down those protective barriers, remove without going into a state of being unprotected because protection's important, but we can remove the heavy weight of the heart wall. We can remove the heavy weight of the body armor that we wear so that we're not constantly walking around with a brace for impact energy and getting nervous if somebody pays us a compliment and so forth. Um, So in a sense, the vulnerability clears up on its own, that feeling, that painful feeling of vulnerability, the fear that's built into it, it diminishes as you release your traumas. And as you come more fully into an awareness of who you are at your core, um, and you're able to manage it better. And then you're able to kind of lean into the vulnerability when you want to be intimate with somebody and really allow them to see who you really are. Mm-hmm. Um, so sorry, babbling again. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> you know how no. I fall down my rabbit holes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I don't know about everybody else, but I know for me, as you're speaking and as this, we're having this conversation, a lot of my stuff is coming up. It's just, yeah. You know, amazing what what memories are coming up that you know I may have, you know, yeah. suppressed for a long time just because so, like okay I don't I don't want to deal l- with it. Let's do a little energy work for everyone right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're probably not the only one who has stuff coming up, and when stuff is coming up, it's coming up to be released. And the temptation that a lot of people have is to grasp a hold of whatever's coming up for release and analyze it and figure out how it fits with your life narrative and what it means so you can have power over it. But really, it's coming up to be released. And if you grasp a hold of it to analyze it, in a sense, you're reinstalling something that's coming up for release. So I just want to connect with everyone energetically for a moment. Make sure that you're in a very safe and protected place with no distractions. Simply don't opt into this if you are doing something dangerous like driving and just allow me to connect with you energetically. And I'm just going to stir up a vortex of energy through your system in such a way that when those energies and traumatic memories and so forth come up in order to be released, your logical mind and your autonomic nervous system don't engage with them as they're being released. So the autonomic nervous system, one part of it is your sympathetic nervous system, which causes your fear reactions and your fight or flight response and makes it feel like your skin is crawling or you're uncomfortable. We want to soothe that so that as this energy is coming up for release, you don't slip into a mild fight or flight response. 
Okay, and we also want the logical mind not to try to engage with whatever's coming up for release so that you can just let it go. And as you're letting it go, whatever energy is coming up for release, including painful traumatic residue, it's going up into creator's light. It's going up into that great central sun where it will be reabsorbed so that energy can be used elsewhere in the universe. Just simply feel, you might feel like effervescence through your body as energy is bubbling up and out of you. Beautiful. And then it's very important whenever your sympathetic nervous system is stimulated, it's important for you to become aware of your breath. Because the first thing that happens when you're fight or flight response is stimulated is your breathing becomes shallow and it becomes more rapid and you stop breathing down into your belly. You breathe primarily up in the chest. So just consciously become aware of your breathing pattern right now and try to deepen it a little bit. Breathe more fully without straining yourself. Exhale more deeply without squeezing. And breathe deep into your belly. And for some people, breathing deep into your belly is something that you have trained yourself out of doing. Because in our modern world, with all of our unattainable standards of beauty and so forth, we've been trained to suck in our guts to look thinner than we really are. And when you train yourself to suck in your gut, you are training yourself to only breathe in the upper chest. So let's reverse that now. Breathe very, very deep into your lungs without straining. Hold it for a second. And release. Okay, and, and so you can kind of come back into full consciousness, ground yourself if you feel like you're drifting off into the ether or ready to fall asleep or something like that. And while I'm on the topic of, you know, deepening your breath and so forth, whenever you deepen your breath, it energizes all of the channels that flow through your body. And of course, your energy channels flow together to create the hubs that are your chakras that are located throughout the body. So you can think of your chakras as like subway stations or hubs where thousands of energy channels connect and therefore they create a very powerful pulse of energy. And as you're breathing deeper, you're actually cleansing and opening up and lubricating your energy channels. So I would say that one of the primary reasons people's, people's chakras are shut down is because they simply aren't breathing deeply. Another thing, you know, we're talking a lot about the heart in this call today. And of course, anything associated with romance and vulnerability and so forth, that's all your heart chakra. A lot of people slouch. It's very common for us to slouch. And just think about what happens when you're slouching. You're basically rolling your shoulders and down, rolling your shoulders forward and down. And what you're doing is you're closing off the heart chakra. So if you undo the slouch, sit up straight, pull your shoulder blades back and down, not only will it be easier for you to breathe, but you're opening your heart. You don't want to 
pull your shoulders back and down so much that you're squeezing from behind because then you're squeezing off the backside of your heart. So we just want this balanced posture and deep breathing. And that alone can just stir up a lot of energy in your system and help you release what's not serving you. So thank you for allowing me to go into a little process there with everyone. Awesome, thank you. And I think that's it's, it's what we all needed in this moment, because like you said, so much stuff is probably coming up for everybody. So it's a chance to be fully present and just expand out and let go as well at the same time, um, what's there. <clears throat> so, so I'm not surprised that my throat is a little raspy because, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> the throat chakra yeah. and the sacral chakra are quite connected. Yes, very connected. <laughs> More so than we know. It's interesting because like the sacral chakra and the throat are, are deeply connected. And there's this, this circular flow of energy that goes around them that mm -hmm. we might not be aware of. And then the heart and the power center are, are connected as well. And there's an interchange of, of energy there. And of course, those are separated by the diaphragm. So you have this wall in place between your heart and your power center. So a lot of us are like really disconnected uh, or we don't allow the energy of our heart to be infused with the energy of power that resides in your belly. And when your throat is blocked, your heart isn't really communicating with your head. A throat blockage can be about any number of things, often expression or speaking your truth with confidence and so forth, or creativity. But when your throat is shut down, it's very hard for the heart to communicate with the head. And you, you get into these conflicts. My heart tells me to do this, but my head is telling me that, that it's wrong for me. And then you don't do anything. You go into mm -hmm. action paralysis and you miss out on opportunities. By the time you decide to take action, it's too late. The opportunity's gone. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right. So, um, okay. Where are we at? So I, I know that we, we just did a, a short little process. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about some of the packages that we, that you have for us today. So let's do that. Oh, wow. and, then, and then we'll come back. Right. <laughs> I was <know>. flying. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right. It's like, Oh my God. So mm. let's, let's do that first. And then we'll come back and see where, see where we're at. See if there's any questions, see if there's any other clearings or processes that we want to do. So the, um, the packages for Patrick are available at alar.at forward slash show forward slash Patrick 11. So Patrick, there are four packages, right? So package A or one is the good sex online audio course. Package two is the sex harmonics audio attunement package. Package three is both of them. And then package four is both of them plus a personal session with you. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So I poured my heart and soul into the good sex course, which is package number one. Mm -hmm. And it's a course that's designed about around everything that I've been talking about. It's 21 lectures, plus a number of bonus items that you'll experience along the way. And in the course, through the lectures, we talk about how to let go of dogmatic limitations. We talk about sexual abuse and trauma, uh, abandonment and betrayal trauma. We talk about self-disgust and warped body image. 
sexual shame and guilt, sexual repression and the shadow, the desperate quest for validation, which a lot of people have that drives them to make bad decisions sexually. We talk about addiction, sex addiction, romance addiction, addiction to obsession and jealousy. Uh, there's a lecture on toxic masculinity, about the divine masculine and divine feminine, about the physical body and the energetic matrix, and many, many more. That's only uh, just a little bit more than half of what's in the course. And it ends with a really deep discussion of what is good sex, the principles of good sex, how to step into your radiant sensual charisma, which is really clarifying and cleansing the energy that you broadcast. Remember at the beginning, I said you're constantly radiating energy and it's constantly being reflected back to you by the universe. This is about taking control and projecting the energy that you want to project in order to receive what your desires are. Uh, we talk about empowered sex and sexual power. And those are kind of two different things that I look at really closely. So that's the course. It's mostly lecture driven. There are some energy processes built into it. And that's what we're offering for $129, which is the cheapest I've ever offered it. Um, now, for those of you who aren't interested in lectures, and what you really want is energy work, you want attunements, you want activations, you want uh, guided meditations and so forth. The second package is the Sex Harmonics audio package. And that is very similar to the course, only it's all energy work. So it's attunements. And of course, attunements are when you draw an energetic pattern from a higher source and install it within your system. Uh, activations, uh, trauma cleansings, relationship clearings, and so forth. And that package has uh, 17 attunement sessions, uh, plus a few bonuses here and there that are secret. You can find them when you get the package. So for those of you who want more of a visceral experience and you don't want to listen to the lectures, this is for you. And this package is $97. Uh, for those of you who want both, you want the energy work and the lectures, package three is both of those together for $189. And then package four is both the audio attunements and the course, plus a private one-on-one -on -one session with me for, uh, I think we've got that at $279. And... Yeah, and like I said, a lot of the energy work that I do with people one-on-one -on -one is um, super powerful. It, it's, um, I, I extend a lot of energy in each of those sessions. I really put myself into them. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, your, your personal one-on-one -on -one sessions are quite powerful and transformational. So it's not thank just talking, it's you know energy work and energy healing as well as coaching because um, you can't do one without the other, really, right? So yeah, it's all it's yeah. all combined. So all those packages are available, um, and then of course there's the twenty four hour <clears throat> twenty four hour gift package as well, right? So uh, use the code TACS ten <laughs> in order to get ten percent discount or ten percent gift from me. 
um, for you. Awesome. So that's 24 hours that's available as well. And, um, and there are two and three part payment plans available for each of the packages. So lots of range, lots of variety, lots of choice. So you get to choose what works for you. Okay. Um, all right. So now, so, so now, uh, Patrick, what else would you like to do today? What else would you like to share? I'd with love to talk with people. I'd love to, you know, I could do a number of like energy clearings and activations and attunements and so forth. Um, and we've already done some trauma clearing and releasing mm -hmm. of dead energy that no longer serves you. But I'd, I'd love to interact with people and see what comes up for the group through that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so so what what is coming up for you, especially since we've been having this conversation, what sto old stories are coming up, what old fears are coming up, what old, you know, memories are coming up for you, um, because we're talking about sexual trauma, sexual dysfunction, etc. Et Yes, awesome. And one other thing before we go into the live callers, it's really helpful if you have a specific question or something that you want to focus on. Um, open-ended questions tend to go into open-ended answers. And as you already know, I love my rabbit holes. So <laughs> if you ask a question like, just read me and tell me what you see, you may be getting more than you bargained for and it won't serve the entire group. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and everybody knows I don't like those types of questions because I want this to be transformational for you and it'll be more transformational if you have something specific in mind, right? Uh, Chanel, Chanel, yeah, Chanel. We're gonna go with Chanel. You wanna unmute yourself? Hello. Hi. Hello, Chanel. Hi, Patrick, Tyler. Hi. Um, I heard that whenever you have some issue that you haven't dealt with, it crystallizes in the body mm -hmm. and in form of cancer. Yeah, not whenever. That's one possibility. It can happen that it can crystallize in physical form. So I don't want to program anyone to live in fear of cancer because they have unresolved issues. Uh, in fact, it turning into cancer is, is fairly rare. What more often happens is it just gets into the cellular level and becomes part of your, your physical nature. So yeah, so thank you. I, 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 I'm glad you gave me that opportunity for that clarification. Okay, but so now I have an issue. There's something crystallized in my body. Mm -hmm. I have like a, a golf ball size cyst in my ovaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh. that's a much more common and then, um, situation. So often when like sexual abuse or sexual trauma energy, even from previous lifetimes, crystallizes in the body, it tends to manifest in parts of your body that are associated with sexuality. And I've known several people who've had ovarian cysts or uh, prostate issues and so forth. Uh, so yes. So um, what I'd like to do for everyone, oh, Chanel, I'm sorry, I didn't let you finish your question. I interrupted. Oh, I'd just like to know how to at least keep it that size. Yeah. As you release your trauma, here's, here's one thing that's important to recognize. 
whenever trauma has crystallized into physical form, and then you release the trauma that created the physical condition, sometimes the physical condition vanishes because there's no longer anything there supporting it. And sometimes it doesn't. So the habits and so forth that we lock in based on traumas that we had as children, uh, this is a slightly different topic, but if you were abused as a child and that led to a specific habit in your life, in later life, removing the trauma doesn't necessarily fix the habit. You, you need to do extra work. So let's do a little bit of extra work for you right now and for everyone else who's on the call. So we've done some trauma releasing work before, and now let's do just some stirring up of energy for physical healing. So for those of you who have a specific symptom or condition in your physical body that you know about, focus on that and focus on only one for now. If you try to do everything at once, you just diffuse the energy and nothing happens. For those of you who don't have anything, simply set the intention that the energy flow through your body to eliminate the potential for something emerging in the future. And I'm just going to do a wave of healing energy. The energy is actually unconditional love energy and your body will accept and receive it and do with it whatever it needs to do. So as I'm doing this, you might feel some effervescence through your body. Once again, you might feel some pinching or some heat or some pain in a certain part of your body, simply allow the energy to go wherever it needs to go and do what it needs to do. Okay, and as that energy is flowing, I wanna clear away from your subconscious mind any and all belief systems that you might have that this condition defines me as a person or that it's impossible to get rid of this or that it's incredibly difficult to release it. That the physical condition I have, I've been told is degenerative and therefore it will only ever get worse. Let's clear all those beliefs away and recognize that healing shifts can happen instantaneously or they can emerge over a period of weeks and so forth. Quite often we're programmed by other people to believe that things are degenerative, therefore they'll never get better. The only option is surgery or something. And that may be the case for some, but it's not always universal. Beautiful. Everyone take a really deep breath and hold it for a moment. And release when you're ready. Now, for you specifically and a few others on the call, there is a genetic element to this. There is a family history element to this as well. So it's like you were preconditioned to have an ovarian cyst because it runs in the family. So let's clear any genetic history that might be supporting whatever the condition is for everybody. Okay, beautiful. Okay, everyone take another really deep breath and hold it for a moment. And release when you're ready. Mm. 
Thank you, Chanel. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thank you yeah. so much. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chanel. That was great. Wow. All right, everyone. Whew. What else have we got here? Let me just see. Um, one second. Okay, one second. All right. Wow. My, it's interesting. After that little clearing, um, I can't see properly. It's like it's all, it's all <laughs> little, little fuzzy and blurry, you know? Mm. Wow. <laughs> Energy is moving. Energy is moving. <laughs> Energy is moving. You're just watching it evaporate from your body. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Uh, all right. Destiny, you want to unmute yourself? There she is. Hey. Hey, guys. Hi, Destiny. How are you doing? Patrick. I'm holding in there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. I, it's interesting, what you said was about the past life trauma, past life sexual trauma, past um, like um, child trauma, sexual trauma, um, making it difficult to have boundaries. And that's like one of my major problems is boundaries. And what I realized is my mother, I don't believe my mother had boundaries either. So it's kind of like a family as you said, a family tradi tradition. And with you and your family, is the tradition that the men in the family define the boundaries for everyone? I feel that. I feel, yeah, I do feel yeah. that. Yeah. So let's do a little bit of work to disconnect everyone from the, the patriarchal paradigm, any yeah. remnants of it that are left over in which... One person has power over the rest of the people in the family and gets to decide what the boundaries are and so forth. And of course, with your mother, she was never trained in it in childhood. So you are right. It is a family tradition. And for women, a lot of women, they're basically told that they're not allowed to have boundaries. And if they assert their boundaries, they're being unreasonable or emotional or any of other words. Yeah. yeah, let's clear all of that away. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, so we're basically just releasing a family tradition, set of family traditions that don't serve you, don't serve them either. Yeah. Now, when you haven't learned how to defend your boundaries or even know what your boundaries are, what happens over time is people who want to take advantage of others who don't have strong boundaries, they are attracted to you. They come into your life. It's like they emerge because they see you as an easy target who isn't going to defend herself when they trample your boundaries. Uh, another thing that happens is your boundaries slide all over the place based on who you're with and what the context is. And that's, that's normal and natural, but when you have no control over it, it's a problem because people are always going to push your boundaries as far in as possible and trample them without ever apologizing or even knowing that they're doing it. So I want to do an activation for everyone that will give you a deeper sense of your allowance 
to set your own boundaries and to not, not just demand respect for your boundaries, but command respect for your boundaries. So there's a difference there. When you're demanding respect, you're basically telling people, these are my boundaries, you must respect them. But if that can evolve into commanding respect for your boundaries, people sense what your boundaries are and you never have to ask, you never have to tell them to. They automatically, when you walk into the room, know that your boundaries are not to be messed with. That's commanding respect. So let's do an attunement, an activation for commanding respect for your boundaries right now for everyone. You've also attracted narcissists in your life, lots of narcissists. Yeah. Okay, everyone take a deep breath and hold it for a moment. Yeah, and this, this will help make you less attractive to those narcissists. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay, everyone, deep, deep breath. Hold it for a moment. And release when you're ready. Okay, and if you're wondering what the deep breath is about, that's integration. Okay, Destiny, thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. That was really needed. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. You're wonderful. Thank you, Destiny. Thank you. Good. Awesome. All right. Uh, Carissa? Yes, that's correct. Hi. Can, can, hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, great. Great. You look like an angel, honestly. Mm -hmm. I'm just... Me, me, me or Patrick? Oh, my goodness. You, I'm looking Alara, at you, yeah. and Patrick is amazing. <laughs> he you. is completely amazing. Yes, yes. So um, what I'd like to bring would be a collective group healing, as well as maybe some residual for myself. And that is a double standard. Like boys can do things girls can't do. And it's okay for boys to experiment on girls, and you know, as children which is not necessarily okay. And, you know, so that double standard grows up, you know, we grow up with that double standard and then um, in our family, and then, and then it's like men can do what they want, but women have to submit to whatever they say. So it's a false submission and that overflows into being like a sexual slave to your husband or you know your spouse there yes absolutely so you're absolutely right about that and it's definitely like i said before more true in the age of pisces than it will be as we emerge into the age of aquarius but you know we've lived in an age where boys are actually celebrated and rewarded for being sexually aggressive it, they impress their friends through their aggressive behavior and so forth, and they win points for their conquests. Whereas girls and, and teenage girls and so forth, they're shamed for being interested in sex. And it, 
if they engage in sex, it has to be, you know, secret and so forth, and nobody should know because they'll bear the humiliation of that as well. And then that whole dynamic is further skewed and reinforced by the fact that the consequences of an unwanted pregnancy weigh very heavily on the woman and not so much on the man, if at all. And we also live in this society where there's a double standard that if a woman is sexually abused, she was asking for it. What were you wearing? You know, why were you there? How much did you have to drink? And rather than the um, education being focused on telling boys not to be abusive. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole huge, like you just scratch the surface of the sexism and misogyny and, and you know in homophobia as well and and all the other isms that are out there that are kind of baked into a patriarchal society so let's just do a disconnection from our unexamined biases our unexamined double standards so that we can really begin to treat all people equally and be treated as equal to all others. So we're disconnecting the stereotypes, the biases, the gender conditioning, the sexism, toxic masculinity, misogyny that's just baked into our society. And it's rampant in our society. There are a lot of people who say, oh, there's no sexism anymore. The glass ceiling has been shattered. But that is so utterly untrue. So we need to just break down the biases so that we can see clearly the value of all people everywhere. We can see the divinity and humanity in everyone, whether they're male, female, gay, straight, or whatever. Beautiful. And as you mentioned, those double standards are, that's, the double standard is by definition injustice. Okay, beautiful. So take a deep breath and hold it for a moment and release when you're ready. Okay, so you can let me know if that was helpful. <laughs> uh, follow up in an email if you would like. Mm. That was great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, Carissa. <clears throat> yeah, clapping hands. I think that's what that means. <laughs> awesome. Ooh, anybody else have anything coming up? It's like just the um, just that whole double standard it's like it's crazy you know i mean it's so rampant in the indian society like you wouldn't believe mm -hmm. <laughs> it's great I, I i do it you know it's mm -hmm. something i picked up from my mother my aunt like everybody i do it you know it's like yeah chris can do whatever he wants and you know it's like he gets everything and <laughs> uh, it's stupid it's so stupid <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's, it's it's funny when you see 
yourself acting like your mother or like your grandmother or somebody you know it's like oh my god it's like i i picked this up from them obviously you know and from all the indian movies and blah 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 where like the sun is the most important blah blah it's stupid it's so stupid but you know it's it is what what is in that society and in that culture and in in their in their traditions it's it's what's what's common but it's changing right and that's the thing we have to remember that regardless of what has been everything is changing and as we change as we heal as we clear our traumas we're helping everybody moving forward yes, you know we're helping and and our ancestors our past as well right so it's great that we do this cuz and we need it we yeah. need to do this work. Yeah, that's important because, you know, like you said, your healing is your family's healing. It's the healing for everyone you're connected to. As you shift your energy, you give permission to others to do the same. And as you brighten your energy and begin to radiate in a way that other people can palpably feel, it, they become attracted to you and they want it for themselves. They, they want to emulate your energy because they yeah. can just see the joy that you have. Um, it's sad that there are a lot of people who are just suspicious of happiness. They don't like people who are happy or joyful. You know, they, I, uh, they say things like, oh, she's just too happy. I want to slap that smile off her face. Mm -hmm. um, that's deep, deep insecurity. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, unfortunately, sometimes they're successful and people shut down their happiness and joy because they don't want to be punished for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I say stand and, in your radiant joy. <laughs> I love that. Stand in your radiant joy. Absolutely. And when you stand in your radiant joy, it's going to radiate out to those people who, you know, are unhappy, who are wounded, who are troubled. And unfortunately, it's going to bring up their wounds even more that, the, yeah. that they come. And, you know, this is what happens to all of us, right? We get triggered. This stuff comes up. But it's coming up so that it can finally be cleared. It can finally be acknowledged. It can finally be understood and loved and, you know, bring in more compassion. So, you know, a lot of, for a lot of you today, you may have stuff come up in the next couple of days because of just the clearings that we've done, the conversation that we've had today, right? So recognize that, allow that, allow it to come up and say, you know what? Yes, this is why it's coming up. It's so I'm releasing, I'm letting go of this. You know, don't go into judgment. Don't go into, oh my God, what, what happened? You know, don't go into freak out. It's like, all right, yeah, all this stuff is coming up because of the conversation we had, the healing clearing that we did. Okay, cool. And, you know, love yourself, have compassion for yourself. And, and that's the thing that we, we always forget. It's like when we've had these experiences, these traumatic experiences or just our points of view and our beliefs that we've had in the past because of that's how we were trained and conditioned by our families, by society, et cetera. It's okay. You're not that person anymore. You're not that person anymore. You're in a different situation. You're, you're, you know, you've, you've done so much, experienced so much. It's okay. Let it go. You don't have to continue to be the same person. You don't have to continue to follow the same patterns and beliefs that you used to. You can, you know, be, you know, more enlightened, more at, at ease, calmer, you know, more joyful, radiantly joyful, like, uh, like Patrick was saying, right, you can be that now. Um, Mina's saying there's a lot of shame attached to sex and being female in my family. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to have a clearing for that sex is for procreation only not for enjoyment? 
Yeah. Shame is insidious. Yeah, yeah. Shame just, it just eats into you and it can be one of the harder things to clear. The reason shame is often difficult to clear is because our society has weaponized shame and people use shame in order to make other people live their lives according to their agenda. So it's not just natural shame that is part of your emotional guidance system. Shame actually is an integral and crucial part of your emotional guidance system. It tells you that you're stepping on somebody else's boundaries and you need to take action to rectify the situation. Uh, if we felt shame the way it's meant to be felt, we would be able to course correct really, really quickly and create harmony. But because shame has been seen as a really, really powerful tool to make other people conform, and it's been weaponized and used against them, it, um, it just, it's completely blown out of proportion. We rarely feel shame the way it, it's meant to be felt through the emotional guidance system. It's explosive, and it's sticky, and it's grimy, and it makes you feel dirty, and it leads to self-disgust. And the other thing that makes it difficult is shame is contagious. It's thought to be contagious. So if you do something shameful, you've brought shame upon your family. Mm -hmm. You've brought shame upon your parents. You've humiliated the people around you. That's why it's such a powerful tool of oppression and control. Because when somebody shames you, they're not just saying you should be ashamed of yourself because you didn't live your life according to my agenda, they're saying you should be ashamed of yourself and your parents are going to be humiliated and you've dishonored your heritage. And that really, you know, shakes us. So it's, it can be hard to clear shame, but once you recognize those dynamics and you recognize that people have used shame as a weapon rather than treating it as an essential part of your emotional guidance system, it becomes easier for you to let go of the shame. Uh, the shame crystallizes in the physical body as well as other things. Um, and when it crystallizes in your physical body, it can produce dimensions of your body that you feel ashamed of. So it, it kind of feeds on itself. So we need to clear it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. and heal it and heal the traumas that created the shame in the first place. Yeah. So it's a big topic, big topic. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And, 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 and we did, a, uh, you know, uh, some clearing already uh, on trauma and, and um, some clearing for shame earlier as well. So yeah, I think that was so all included. Just remember you are beautiful you are whole and complete exactly as you are right now. You are loved. You are essential. You are safe. And you are, uh, you are divine. You have divinity and flowing through your system. And if you can recognize your own divinity without, you know, it's slipping into arrogance or feeling like you're better than other people, when you can recognize your divinity, divine potential in your divine nature, there's really no room for shame. There's nothing there to be ashamed of if you're divine mm -hmm. and you are. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. 
So just remember that you are divine. You are perfect as you are. You are loved and supported. You're magnificent and amazing. And those other things, you know, that are in, in your family history, your family story, the, you know, the cultural um, and the collective, it's not real. It's not you, right? That's what you have to get asked. That's not you. Okay. So don't focus on that. Focus on, yeah, I am divine. I am perfect. I am beautiful. I love myself and have compassion for who you are and who you're becoming. Yeah, right. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> mm. Awesome. Um, so thank you so much, everyone. This is, this is beautiful. Great questions. I know this was a heavy topic and um, so much stuff is coming up. So please do uh, take a look at the packages for Patrick that are available at alar.at slash show slash Patrick 11. Take advantage of the um, coupon code TACS10 to receive the 10% discount gift um, for all four packages. And there were two and three part payment plans available. But yeah, you definitely want to, you know, there's teaching, there's attunements, and there's the personal session with Patrick. You choose which one works for you. But definitely, this is a big topic. It's a big, big piece that we really do need to heal and clear. And there's, you know, there's layers upon layers upon layers. But I, I know we, we did some great work today. So mm. thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Love, light, and joy to all of you. And uh, <laughs> you've made my day. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for being here with us, for being vulnerable, because it is a vulnerable topic. And until next time, may you continue to be blessed with an abundance of joy, peace, love, happiness, prosperity, and radiant health. Sending you all much love and blessings always. Patrick, so wonderful to have you back with us. Mm, thank you. Mm. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Bye for now.